podcast. I'm Chad. And I'm Justin. And we're going to talk about Richmond. We're going to look forward to Bristol Dirt. Um, we've got quite a bit to talk about here. What happened at Richmond, uh, the penalties with Colleague and Denny Hamlin's appeal. Um, but first, I have to give a really big, big shout out to my son Eric. He is working on, he's the computer guy of the family, right? My wife, is, she's way better with computers than I am. I don't know nothing. I, I can push some buttons, but that's about it. My wife does quite a bit of that, and my son does a lot. Everybody in the family is more than I am with computers, but he's making a website for us, uh, ridingthewall.com. You can go ahead to that. It's already up and going. Um, yeah, I've, I've seen a little preview of that, and he, he he's done a hell of a job with it. I mean, I, I wouldn't even know where to start on doing stuff like that, but yeah. he... Eric made it look pretty awesome. He is. He, he has made it look great. Um, you can go to the website, and it will link you to our all of our podcasts, past and current. It has our league standings. They're up to date, and they're pretty detailed. And he's working on it to where, and I don't know if this is going to happen, but he's working on it, so he's trying. But uh, to get it to where, as soon as the race is over, it just links into the standings, and it's automatically updated. Yeah, that's awesome. That would be... <laughs> Game <laughs> that's what changer. I said. Yeah, that's what I said. I can throw uh, my calculator away. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, hopefully in the future, maybe we can get some uh, stuff up there, maybe sell some koozies, t-shirts, whatever, if we get that far. Um, that's in the plans, but I uh, just wanted to give him a big, big shout-out. Absolutely. Thank you, Eric. Yeah, thank you very much. He's doing a hell of a job on that, so keep up the good work. Um, the penalties... Let's just jump right into this. The penalties for Collig and Hamlin uh, should be out sometime today. We're recording this on Wednesday, um, and they're not out yet. I would have thought for sure they would have been out. It's currently 4.35, but uh, they're not out, so we don't know what what we should be expecting. Uh, well, what I expect is the same thing that Hendrick got. Um, the points will be returned. We'll get... Um, the crew chief will stay suspended for the 31 car and uh, the monetary fine of $100,000. But um, is she going to say something? No, I was just going to say uh, he will be suspended, not stay suspended. Because yeah, like sorry. you mentioned earlier, you know, he's talking and uh, he hasn't taken his suspension yet. He's waiting on the appeal. So Right. Hendrick went ahead and suspended theirs um, to see what the appeal process was going to say, but they went ahead and started their appeal, or, uh, I'm sorry, their suspension. Colleg did not, so um, depending on what this appeal says, Colleg may be, the 31 car may be without his crew chief for the next four races. But for Hendrick, uh, Bristol will be their last uh, suspended race. They should all be back by Martinsville. And uh, we're also waiting on the Denny Hamlin appeal for uh, his admitting that he wrecked Ross Chastain at uh, the closing laps there at Phoenix. So we'll see how that goes. I don't really I don't really expect anything to change as far as that one goes. I don't either. Um, it's just a $50,000 monetary fine. I think they're going to uphold that. Um, anything different than that would, su would surprise me. Um, you got anything to add to the penalties? No. 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 Um, which kind of brings me into one, one topic I want to talk about. 
is the penalties and the appeal process. <clears throat> um, NASCAR has the penalties to deter teams from messing with the car, right? They don't want you to mess with the car. It keeps the playing field level. And they've been pretty strict and forward with don't touch it. You right. will get penalized and you will get penalized heavily. But as we're seeing, this appeal board is basically kind of doing what they want with the penalties. Some they uphold, some they do not. Some they kind of half and half uphold half of it and, and don't with the others. So should NASCAR tweak their penalty process? Um, I don't think so. I think they need to give it a little bit more time now that they've got the appeals board implemented into the system. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't think you... I don't think you need to go a month into having the appeals board there and be like, ah, this ain't working. You know, I think they need to give it a season yeah, and make the decision after that. You know, once that first season of the appeals board has been in place, then revisit it, you know. But I, I, I'd say NASCAR, as level-headed as they can be sometimes, sometimes not so much, but I would say when they sat down with this appeals board before they got put in place. They said, here's the reason we would like an appeals board. We want to make sure all the teams are playing by the same rules. We want to make sure all the cars are not being touched. We don't, we don't want, we, we got zero tolerance for these issues right now. Right. So I don't even think they would have implemented the appeals board if they couldn't get them on the same page that they were on. So I think the appeals board is a good thing. I think it's a very good thing. Right. Um, but the, uh, as far as the appeals board turning over half the things that they say or do, you know, I think it's just going to have to be one of them things where the commissioner of the appeals board goes to, you know, Mr. France and says, Hey, here's why we overturned it. You know? Yeah. They got to have that open communication. Right. And maybe they, maybe they conversate before it gets overturned. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, again, like most things in life, you know, communication's key. So uh, I, I think it's a, it's a step in the right direction. I don't think it's going to be flawless this first year, but, Right. It's a step yeah. in the right direction. You've always got kinks to work out. Right. And that's where, that's the process that we're in right now. And maybe, I think the appeals board is a very good thing, like you said, because you don't want the overseeing commissioners or whatever, overseeing um, people to be judge, jury, and executioner. Right. Because um, then the rules can become unfair at any time, but you've always got that third party with the appeals board. But like you said, they need to be you know, we overturned this part because of this, or we, we upheld that because of this. Um, you know, give reasons as to why you're overturning or upholding um, certain parts of the rules. And maybe, and I don't know, I've n I have never read the NASCAR rule book, but maybe some of these rules just need to be a little bit more cut and dry. Maybe there is still some gray area that is being played with by the teams and crews which is just part of the sport. You know, it's been there from day one, you know, and it's always... Now, you ask there. any race car driver that's ever been involved in any race, 
Right. It's not what the rules say, it's what the rules don't say. Exactly. So you're always looking for what it don't it say. It don't say I gonna... could put nitrous on my car. Exactly. So <laughs> why is that illegal? <laughs> <laughs> but and you're always gonna and I love that part of the sport. That's right. the sport that that's the part of the sport that makes it unique and 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 a uh it's not just a bunch of rednecks out there driving around in circles, but these guys are also thinking of how to get the advantage on something. And, uh, and, and that's how it's always been, you know. Yep. It's you, all about ask, the loophole. Exactly. Even even the great Larry McReynolds says it's all about finding that extra little bit of something that the other guys don't have that gives you that little bit of advantage. It might be half of a second that it gives you, but that's huge on a racetrack, you know. <clears throat> So I wanted to discuss that just a little bit about them, them rules and the penalties and um, wondering if they should just go with, if, if NASCAR wants to really make the rules stick, is the monetary fine really important? Because, I mean, at this level, is $400,000 really anything to Rick Hendrick? I, I mean, it's not, no, it's not chump change, that's for sure. It's, it's definitely a good penalty but it's not something that he can't overcome within two weeks of racing or one week of racing or whatever the case may be maybe they should just go with points only maybe that would be tougher for the appeals board to overturn you know if they want to hit the teams hard and really send that clear message of don't mess with the cars maybe it should just be a really steep points penalty you know something along those lines yeah yeah, that's true. I mean, that, that would affect the teams more, but, I mean, I, I feel like you got to keep the monetary penalties there, too, just because, I mean, if it happens three times in a year, you know, it's, uh, it's really going to cripple somebody, you know. Yeah. Um, and surely it wouldn't, but you never know. But, you know, I mean... Three times in a year is going to cripple the driver and the and the team as well. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, hell, that cripple anybody knock them right out of the playoffs, yeah. you know. Um, but there may be some owners out there that really don't pay attention to the team until it starts affecting their wallet, you yeah. know. And, I mean, I say that not knowing any of the owners, you know. But, uh, I, I, obviously, Hendrick is pretty involved. I mean, we, we see him and Childress and Petty and... Stewart, we see them guys at the racetrack, you know, pretty often. Mm-hmm. But there may be some out there that really don't pay no attention until it starts hitting their wallet. Yeah, that usually perks everybody up. Um, so let's talk about Richmond. Uh, we had quite a bit going on at Richmond, and I thought it was a very good race overall. Um, pretty good race. Uh, we had, let's see... I don't remember what lap it was. I don't have all the the facts and the lap numbers in front of me, but um, just what I remember off the top of my head. You got Denny Hamlin spinning out J.J. Yaley, of all people, for whatever reason I don't know. Um, now, early in the race, I think it was either, I think it was the first set of green flag pit stops. Denny Hamlin goes in, he gets a speeding penalty on pit road. Comes back out, starts at the back, and he's he's got one of the best cars out there. You know, he's got a Gibbs car. It's a Gibbs track. All the Gibbs guys were fast. And he's moving back up through the field. And for whatever reason, he just takes it upon himself to spin out J.J. Yaley in the 15 car. 
Um, I bet he didn't admit to it, though. No, not this time. <laughs> <laughs> not this time. <laughs> but uh, even Clint Boyer, you know, when you're watching it, the announcers, Clint Boyer said that was pretty obviously on purpose. You know, so, and I think it takes a lot for an announcer to say that. Um, but Boyer's been in the car. He knows the situation. But just to give a little backstory, if you didn't see it, uh, Denny Hamlin's coming back up through the field. And J.J. Yaley was on his inside, and the 13 car of, I believe it was Chandler Smith, was on his outside. And they were coming out of turn four, um, and I guess neither of the two guys gave him, you know, they were they were fighting for positions, just like he was. So they wasn't giving him anything, and they don't need to, you know. They're not a lap down, so they're fighting for positions. And it looked like he had plenty of room to hold his ground, but he backed out of it just a little bit got back into right in behind J.J. Yaley there on the inside and just ran it a little bit too deep into turn one and punted Yaley right off up into the wall. Um, for whatever reason, like I said, I don't know. Uh, he never really, not that I've heard, he hasn't discussed it. I don't know um, what his reaction to it was. But for a guy that's saying there's no respect in the garage area well. and you're talking <laughs> to guys like... The J.J. Yaley's or the... And J.J. Yaley's not new. He's, he's been around for years. Yeah. You know, he's been around for years. Um, and Chandler Smith, which is a younger guy coming up, they were giving him the respect. They were giving him the room. They were doing everything. They were racing him. Yes, they were racing him. They were racing him hard. But they were racing him. They wasn't doing dirty. And he just punts them. It almost feels like, well, if you're not going to give it to me, then screw you guys. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, that kind of mentality. Yeah. And And... You know, we've talked about this in episode one and two. I know uh, maybe three as well, but I'm not a Denny Hamlin fan for right. for reasons like that. Um, he he says some pretty funny stuff, cool stuff occasionally, but he always goes right back to his true colors, and uh, it's stuff like this that just makes me not like the guy. Yeah, and I've I've been I've been on the Denny Hamlin side of this whole Hamlin Ross Chastain feud, but. To see him do something like that kind of, it's like, why? You know, that just kind of soured me on well, him a little and, bit. You know, I've always had that that taste in my mouth that Hamlin is that guy that, well, your name's not at the top of marquee like mine. You just need to move. You know what I mean? Well, that's kind of what it showed on Sunday. Right. By punting JJ. You know, I'm Denny Hamlin. Get out of my way. Right. And ain't, ain't no room in this sport for that. No, there's because, not. Because 20 years ago... He'd had his ass whooped for it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. Somebody been waiting for him as soon as he yeah. got out of that car and put him in a headlock. And it wouldn't have mattered if it was a big name or not, Mm-mm. you know. I would like to have seen him do that to Tony Stewart. You know? Yeah, he wouldn't have. <laughs> he wouldn't have done that to Senior. He wouldn't have done that to Stewart. You know, I mean, he, he, he wouldn't do that to them guys because... Even Jeff Gordon would have tried dotting his eye. Right. Yeah. <laughs> He'd have slapped him anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I just thought that was kind of odd that somebody that's been right there alongside Kyle Busch saying, hey, there's no respect in the garage, and then you go out there and you do something pointless and stupid like that. It's just, it's uncalled for. Um, now, Denny's a good friend of the show, so I'm sure next time he calls in, I'll, I'll ask him about that, see what his see what his take on yeah, that was. He but, won't uh, admit it. No, you I'm can sure count on that. No, I'm sure he won't. Um, <clears throat> let's see, we had, 
late, well, the last lap. I'm going to get to the better stuff here in just a second. But right now we've got, on the last couple of laps, and they have a playback that you can find on YouTube or you can look it up somewhere. It has the playback of his radio audio uh, between Martin Truex and his crew chief. And I don't know if you've heard this or not yet, but Truex, as the race went on, he went in early and got an extra set of tires, and nobody else did. Because um, his car was kind of handling a little funny, he put on some new tires. So once we get to the end of the race, the rest of the field has one set of sticker tires, and Truex doesn't have that. He has one set of scuffs that had maybe six or seven laps on them. So the rest of the field has stickers, he's got scuffs. So we get to the end of the race, and he's got one of the most dominant cars on the track. He's winning the race, and had it not, had we not had a late, uh, I think it was uh, Reddick, Reddick spun with maybe 10, 12 laps to go, whatever it was. So that, we everybody goes in, gets their last set of fresh stickers to make this run to the end, and Truex gets his scuffs on. Well, apparently, the uh, in the audio, you could... Martin says this is a nightmare and uh, crew chief and I don't remember exactly so I'm just kind of saying along the lines of but his crew chief says something like yeah we hosed ourselves right there just fight through it and get to the end of the race we hosed ourselves he said but he, he speaks with kind of an accent this is the first time I'd ever heard Truex's crew chief but he kind of talks with an accent so if you're not ready for it he is kind of hard to understand um, but Truex said I don't have any idea what you said right there, but uh, this is messed up or something like that. <clears throat> and the guy says, we screwed ourselves. We only had, we had to put scuffs on it. Um, we we hosed ourselves is what he said. And Truex said something about, yeah, it would have been nice to know that. And the crew chief come back with, I didn't see a point in telling you. Now I see, I'm, I'm not a NASCAR driver obviously, but I see a big problem with that. First off, you have to tell the driver everything. Even if he don't want to hear it, and it's not what he wants to hear, and he's going to get mad about it, he still needs to know. Because, yeah, he's the one to handle that car. Right. You're paying this guy to put that car up front, so he has to know everything that he's dealing with to do that. And what, what did I just say ten minutes ago? Communication. Communication is key. Period. That's right. And... To hide something like that, whether you're the driver hiding it from your crew chief or you're the crew chief hiding it from the driver, there is two-way communication there that has to be there no matter what. Well, here's the thing. You're not going to hide it long. No. You know what I'm saying? So I you mean, might as well just tell them. Right. Obviously, Truex knew something was going on. <laughs> but, you know, he's he's and he was starting up front. I think after the pit pit stops, he, was, he wasn't leading the race, but he was right up there with him. I think he might have been starting second mm -hmm. row or something like that. I don't remember. But they go green, and that car's not handling like he's expecting it to. He needs to know why, so he can uh, he can make up for that. He, he, he needs, needs to know do. it's the tires and ain't the driver of the car. Right. You know, I've got scuffs on, so now I need to handle it like this. You know, because if he's running through them corners expecting need to shift sooner. Yeah, if he's expecting that car to hold the corner like a sticker tire would. But it's not. He needs to know it's not a sticker tire, you know, so that way he can he can adjust before he gets into that corner. Yes, <laughs> and it's going to kind of ruin some trust between the crew chief. That's key right there. The that's driver. number one. And you yeah. have to have that. If you don't trust the guy that's in your ear, 
you, he might as well not even be there. Put it in the truck. Yep. I mean, so you got to, as a driver, you have to trust what your crew chief is telling you, his strategy, and you have to trust your spotter. You know, um, those are just absolutely have to be there. And if you can't, if you feel you can't tell your driver something, there's a problem. Yeah. Um, even if he said, hey, this is what we're up against. You can either come in and we can put on these scuffs, or you can stay out with what you've got. That's up to you. You just let us know how you want to do it. That way it's up to me. You're it's the up one to the car. You're going to know. Right. Right. You know, we don't have no stickers. We just got scuffs. What do you want to do? That way he's part of the decision-making process, too. You know, that way if something goes bad, he can't blame it on you. It's both of you. You know, crew chief maybe made a bad call in the start of the race, but we're both figuring out how to deal with it, you know. Um, so that that's interesting. I think we'll probably hear more about that as the week well, goes I'd on. Well, I'd say Monday morning the team meetings, that was probably discussed pretty pretty early into those team meetings. <laughs> I'm sure Grandpa Joe probably grabbed them both up by the ear and put them in the chairs and had them talk it out. Yeah. You're not coming out the door until we, we're, you know. Fix it. Yeah, we're fixing it. But, you know, I mean, in, in a situation like that, and, you know, obviously I ain't no NASCAR driver myself either, but... You know, he could have. He could have even gave Truex the opportunity to say, "Leave the left sides on, put the scuffs on the right side, mm-hmm. and go with the two tire change." You know what I yeah. mean? And could have been better than what he had. Exactly. So, but at least he'd have been part of the process. You yeah. Know? <clears throat> so that's that happened. Um, I also want to talk about Josh Berry getting second place. Old man Barry's boy. Yeah, he did pretty good. He did. Pre- he did real good. I thought he was going to win that damn thing. <laughs> I knew. He I was pulling him. for him, even though he's going against Kyle Larson. And you know, I'm a Kyle Larson fan. That's my favorite driver. So I was still pulling for Barry to beat Larson. Yeah, I was glad to see him up there. I mean, you know, uh, sad event that happened to Chase. But you know, we talked about this in one of the earlier episodes. How Sometimes when things like this happen, you know, it, it gives the opportunity for a young gun to show what he can do. Maybe get a ride after Chase comes back, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, it, Josh Berry's been pretty impressive every week in the car. Yeah. But he had to pull second place out of Richmond. That's, that's a driver's track. That's you know? pretty good. Yeah. I mean, he was there. And, and the thing about that is I don't know why they haven't put Berry's name on the windshield while he's driving it. They still have Chase Elliott's name on it. Yeah, I think, right. and I understand it's it's Elliott's car. We just got a fill-in driver, but still, it's you know, it's Barry driving. It's not Elliott. Yeah. So that kind of I don't know. I'd want my name on there. I would too. But even if I'm like, oh, I think right when now. Kyle Busch broke his <laughs> leg and David Reagan was in for him, and um, I think they left Bush's name on the car then too. Huh. Well, I don't like that, but. Who knows? I mean, it is what it is, but and I wouldn't turn the ride down because of it. No, I'm not going to turn cool the ride to see down. My name on there. It would have been pretty cool for Josh Berry to give the keys back to Ellie and say, "Here, I won with it. Let's see what you can do." Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad he got uh, glad he got a second place. Yeah. Really pulling for him there. And Hopefully he's taking he advantage of the opportunity he's got. You know, he's yeah. not just out there driving in circles. Yeah, yeah. he's doing pretty good. So, yeah. and you know, you got Harvick leaving. You got Truex could be leaving at any time. Almirola. 
Almirola could be leaving any time. So, you know, there's some older guys. There's some seats that are getting ready to open up. Yeah. Bubba Wallace could be leaving if he wants to be he, replaced. He needs me. to be replaced. So. <laughs> His words, not mine. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so there could be a lot of seats opening up. And uh, I think Josh Berry just kind of proved that he's one of the front runners for one of them seats. And uh, good for him. Good for him. He deserves it. Good job, Josh. That's right. We're proud of you. That's right. Um, and the best... This uh, late race caution, this uh, last restart of the race, when all of Truex's problems started, somebody else's problems started too, and that's William Byron. Yeah. I heard um, uh, he got his bell rung. He did get his bell <laughs> rung. <laughs> and it's not funny, but we'll tell you why we're laughing here shortly. Uh, but uh, No, Byron's been strong all year. And he was strong all day. Yeah. He was. He led quite a few laps. I mean, and, you know, just as we've talked in the in the last 20 minutes of this podcast, you know, he's he's running without his, his main crew chief right now. You know, we, all, we know we're not retarded, but we know that, these guys always have somebody behind the crew chief. Yeah. Or the crew chief is on Zoom. He's right. on a Zoom call. You know, they're they're always right there. Yeah. They've always got that guy right there. Uh-huh. Um, if not the crew chief, somebody they trust just as much. Yeah. So, but Byron has still been running strong without his crew chief, you mm-hmm. know. So, good job to him. Just make sure you stay out of Bell's way. Yeah, just don't get in Bell's way. Um, and I don't know if you've seen... You said you didn't get to catch the race. No, I as didn't. As soon as the uh, drivers got out, they went and, and um, because the reason, the whole, I'll explain it real first before I get into what Bell said. On the restart, uh, Ross Chastain started fourth or fifth row on the inside. I don't remember exactly where he started. And I think Bell was uh, third row inside. So they're all diving down into turn one on this last restart. And... Ross Chastain does what he does on these restarts. He just barrels into the inside, throwing caution to the wind. Whatever happens, whoever he bounces off of, he bounces off of. That's what he's shown in the past. That's what happened at Coda. That's why Suarez was mad. Um, <clears throat> but that's just what he does. That's expected. Right. And um, But on this occasion, he, he did the same thing. Now, he didn't do anything wrong. He didn't make any contact with anybody. But... As he's going out down into the turn, Bell is also coming down to hug that inside groove, going into one. And I don't know if his spotter told him or if he looked in the mirror and he seen that it was Ross Chastain that was there. He decided to not go down there because of Chastain's history with everyone. Um, So he come back up to give Ross the room, and when he did, I think he he just overreacted. He went up a little bit too high. He ended up hitting Harvick, and he hit Byron. He kind of doored Harvick door-to-door, and he hit uh, Byron right there in the left rear, which had Byron spinning out, yeah, hit the wall. That's never good. No, never good, especially on the last last restart, and Byron had a had one of the dominant cars yeah, of the he day. He was going to be a top five, top three car. Oh, easy, yeah. I mean, he, he might have he had a, a chance to win. I don't think he was going to get around Larson. But uh, he may have gotten around Barry for a second. But uh, he had a dominant car all day. Just got taken out by Chris Bell. And um, after the drivers got out of the cars, you know, the media's always running up to him, asking him their take on this stuff. And they asked him what happened on that last restart with you and Byron. And he says, well, 
I just overreacted because the cannonball was coming down into turn one. And uh, they, they said something about, Wait, what do you mean the cannonball? And he said, the one car. And uh, so he just kind of called, three or four times called Ross Chastain a wrecking ball, just coming in there like that. So they go to Ross. Shoe fits, I mean. Exactly. I mean, that's, that's what he's done over the past two years, and that's kind of why I'm not really a fan of Ross Chastain right now. If he can clean that up, I think I could definitely be a Ross Chastain fan. He thinks out of the box. He's not afraid to do this or that, whatever it takes to win, as we've seen it at Martinsville last year. Um, <clears throat> but he's a heck of a driver and exciting to watch, but he still has some flaws. He still has some things he needs to work on, in my opinion. But... Um, so that finesse is what makes a good driver great. Yes, you know, that's what is. puts you at the top of the yeah. sport. Um, but the media goes over to Ross Chastain and they say, hey, what do you think about Chris Bell's comments of calling you a wrecking ball? And he just kind of rolls his eyes and he's like, you know, he just walked right past me just a minute ago and he didn't say nothing. But if that's what he wants to call me, that's what he wants to call me. I don't care. And like I said, Ross didn't do anything wrong this time. This one was was on Bell, but after uh, after Bell went back to the tr truck or got back home or whatever, he watched the replay and he sent out a tweet that he said, "Hey, after looking at it, he didn't do anything wrong. That was totally my fault." Which props to him for admitting that because most drivers don't. But uh, still, in the moment, I think he needs to be don't overreact so much, you know. Um, but I really don't have a problem with him calling. Ross Chastain right. wrecking I mean, ball you, either because I've called it that's worse. That's one thing, and and this is this is in life, this is in every sport, this is in business, is you can't you can't buy reputation, and if you think about that, what I'm saying there is you can't you can't go to these people with ten million dollars and say hey, here's this ten million dollars, I'm a good driver, I'm good at what I do, I'm not going to crash you. You know, that, that, they don't work like that. It right. don't work like that in racing or any other sport or in life or in business. The reputation that you have is the reputation you've earned. Mm -hmm. And, and Chastain can't really be mad at Bell either for saying that because it, I mean, you, we know how fast them cars are going around. Oh, yeah. If you look in your little corner mirror there and you see the one car coming behind you and you're getting ready to go low, you're getting the hell out of the way because his reputation serves him. Mm -hmm. He's going to punch you. He's going to door you. He's going to do whatever. Right. If he can gain one or two positions, he's going to do it no matter what because right. there's no repercussions. So, And I don't really blame him for doing that, but at the same time, it's just not right in that time. Um so we had that had a little bit of drama there with the name calling and the uh, suspenseful restart, <clears throat> and uh, Larson ends up getting the win, which is his first win of the season. Um, he was another dominant car all day. He I don't think he was as dominant as any of the Gibbs cars, you know Hamlin, Truex, and Bell all led a lot of laps they had dominant cars and like we said it's a gibbs track historically well, larson, gibbs does good larson's that guy that can take a a 90 percent car and make it a 100 percent car yeah he, he's that well man yeah you know, he is mm -hmm. and that's the difference between him and some of those gibbs guys right you know so 
But uh, I was happy because, like I said, I'm a Larson fan, so I was happy to see him get his win, lock himself into the playoffs. Um, but that also kind of brings me to the next thing. Does crew chief suspensions really matter? If that's going to be part of the penalty phase, your crew chief is suspended for X number of races, and we've seen these Hendrick crew chiefs now have been suspended for three races with one to go, and they've won two of those three races. Right. So does a crew chief suspension really matter? Not really. I don't think it does because, like like I was commenting on earlier, you know, they've always got that that other hand right there behind the crew chief waiting. You know what I mean? They, right. I mean, you have to, to be a successful team, to plan for your future, you've got to have... You've got to have that support there, you know, if you're, you know, especially with what we've came out of in the last two years with COVID, you know, you've got to have that educated, experienced crew chief right there all the time that if this guy tests positive, he's, you know, this guy's coming in because he can do the job. Mm -hmm. So I don't think the crew chief suspension is as nearly critical as, as it was in the 80s and 90s yeah maybe early 2000s um yeah because i think back then they had to have a notebook that says if this goes wrong you do this right. if this happens you do this well, the they... communication the technology wasn't there mm-hmm. that we have these days yeah so now like we said they're just on a zoom call they're right. not allowed to be on a property but they could be at the hotel next door on a zoom call saying hey okay take you know take a round of wedge out you right. should be fine or and it, it probably comes down to, I mean, I'd say that guy that is setting in for that crew chief knows exactly what to do with car adjustments, hands down. Mm-hmm. Now, where I'm guessing they don't have the experience at is from making those real-time calls on pit strategy and fuel mileage. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's yeah. that's where it's going to, that's where I'm going to call you. Yeah, calling them... Uh... Last second audibles. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, the dri- the driver um, suspensions are obviously crucial, mm-hmm. you know, critical to the team. But, I mean, you don't I, don't, I don't think you're losing a whole lot of ground when you suspend a crew chief these days. Right. I right. mean, it's a very important job. I'm not trying to take away from that. But I don't think it's as crucial as as it used to be. Right, it's not as detrimental to the team on Sunday if the crew chief isn't there now. And that's really all I've got um, about Richmond. I didn't get to see Richmond. As we was talking earlier, I didn't get to watch the race. I don't get that channel. Um, But I did catch the highlights on my phone, kept up with it throughout the day and stuff. But uh, I also had personal stuff to do that day so yeah it wasn't wasn't nothing crazy but um richmond's always a good race fans race like i said last week you know it's uh it's entertaining you're not going to see the big one or nothing like that but you know you're it's a good race fans race yeah well it's a short track and i think we need more short tracks on the schedule I know we've discussed that in the past, too. It, let's take about two or three of these road courses off of the schedule, and let's replace them with some short tracks. 
I think that's where your um, your fan numbers I think will go up. Right. Um, if you're if you're looking to pick up fans, I think the short track is where it's at. Just because that's that's the grassroots of racing. You know, there is no local Saturday night bull ring that's a two mile hour, uh, two mile super speedway. You know, everything is short tracks. It's all half miles, quarter miles, five eighths miles. Um, whether it's dirt or asphalt, that's that's the grassroots of Speaking it. So of that's what everybody starts out in. That's what all the family members are used to. Um, you know, family members of drivers. Um, you know, Joe Bob wants to build a car and take it down to the track. Well, he's going to have probably 10 members of his family going there too, and that's what they're familiar with. That's what excites them, and that's what draws them to the sport. And I think that would translate also into the, at the top level. Now, having that Daytona and Talladega is, is critical too because that's just awesome. You know, if all you've seen is short tracks, you, you go to a Talladega or a Daytona, well, and it's a it's a different style of racing, right? And yeah, we don't want to see it every other week. No, but those four times a year that we do see, you know, the two Daytona races and the two Talladega races, they're pretty awesome. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's it's like Christmas morning to me. Daggy mm-hmm. day is what I call it. Yeah, you know? <laughs> but fire up the grill, mm-hmm. get some cold bush lights out. There you go. Make an all day event out of it. But, uh, yeah, I would like to, would definitely like to go to Talladega at some point. I think we will here. Yeah. If not this year, probably next year. So, speaking of dirt races, we got one coming up. That's right. We're about to get dirty. We're about to get dirty at the last Great Coliseum. Uh, I mean, we were there last year. Yeah, for we, the dirt race. Yeah, that's yeah. right. We were there for the dirt race. We got to see uh, Chase Briscoe take out Reddick right there at the very last turn well it was the other way around reddick took briscoe out is that what happened yeah yeah are you sure <laughs> yeah i i had briscoe last year and he was he was leading the last part of that race and reddick came up on him no i think you got it backwards i think reddick was winning and briscoe took him out well <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll look back into that but I'm, okay <laughs> i think uh but I know Reddick, I do remember Reddick had a dominant car last year at that race, and, and there was a lot of rain stoppage because it seemed like every 20 laps we were yeah. having to go run up underneath the stands because a big rainstorm would come, and then we'd get to watch the Crown Vicks dry off the track. And, but all in all, it was still a great race yeah, well, uh, leading was. up to the race. If you've never been to a Bristol race, whether it's the spring race, the dirt race, the fall race, um, it's just amazing experience. Um and and I'm not talking about just in the fan zone or or you know the the drivers merch haulers and all the stuff that they have going on there. It's just just the going out walking around the parking lot, just meeting people. You know, you go find somebody that's throwing some cornhole, and next thing you know, you're four games into a cornhole and talking to somebody you've never met from halfway across the country, and it's just a cool experience. You yeah. know, because everybody everybody was friendly. Um, and, you know, I've told people that in the past <clears throat> about going to going to Bristol. You know, it's a, it's amazing how you can have that many thousands of people in one spot. And, Jed, you and I have went for a few years now, you mm-hmm. know, to this Bristol race, whether it be the 
NRA, NRA night race or the dirt race in the mm-hmm. spring. We've went for a handful of years now, and it's a sellout every time we go. Yeah. Now, in all the years we've went, how many how many fist fights have you seen down there? None. Exactly. Only only almost seen one. With well, we've Chase seen, Elliott and Kevin Harvick. Right, and, and Chase had Owen coming. <laughs> he did. You know, but the uh, that many thousands and thousands of people there, and we've spent all day there. I oh, mean, yeah. when the race starts at 6.30 p.m., we're in the parking lot at 6 a.m. Yeah. And we've been there the whole day. We've made our rounds. We've been up to the track numerous times. We've been in the fan zone numerous times. We've been through the RV parking numerous times and, and you got briscoe's autograph there last year right at right. the dirt race yeah. so and we have never seen one physical altercation there no not one and that's pretty awesome when you get that many people together probably two-thirds of them drinking yeah and there's not a fight no i mean that's how awesome bristol is right it's just an amazing experience all the way around from from the fans to the actual track you know i mean if you've never seen bristol speedway before when you come around that last turn on the highway and it comes into sight it's like holy crap you know that is that place is huge it's amazing it's it's beautiful it's uh it's definitely something to see and then to walk in and uh, as you come in through the uh through the the walkway there and you come out into the stands and you can see the track and it's just a big it does really look like the roman coliseum when you're when you're going in there it's yep. just it's just a big old round bowl of nothing but seats and a, and a big um, well it's actually it's a small track but it it, it doesn't yeah, look small it's a big funnel yes it's yeah. a big bowl it's a big bowl but um it's great. <clears throat> now we won't be there for the spring race, but we're hoping to make it there. We will make it there for the fall race. Yeah, we'll race. be there for that. Yeah. The, we we have to go just for the uh, the uh, Greek the restaurant. Greek restaurant right down I, the road. I never can remember the name of that place, but uh, I think it might be Mad Greek. So yeah, that sounds I think that's right. what it is, Mad Greek. But we went there. Uh, we went there last year at the dirt race. We went there first year we was down there. Yes. We just and, didn't have uh, nothing else to eat. It was amazing food. Um, yeah, easy the beer on was the, good. Easy on the eyes there. Too. It was uh, good scenery. The um, it's you're just in the hills of Tennessee with a NASCAR track right next to you. I mean, what's not what's not to love about that? So the pizza there was amazing. They yeah. had great cheese sticks. I remember those cheese sticks. Those were good. Yeah. Definitely gonna get some more of them when we go back. Yeah. But so, uh, what uh, was you gonna say something? Sorry. No, no, I was I was gonna go right into the Bristol race. Oh, like that's you were right. I was ready to go to. So. What kind of things are you looking looking to watch for? What things like that? I, I, here's what here's what I'll say about it is. Anytime you hear Bristol race, you get excited. Any mm-hmm. real race fan, you get that. You just get that uh, that fire in your belly. You know that. Oh yeah, here we go. You mm-hmm. know, but then you throw dirt in on top of it. Dirt Bristol race. You know that's exciting. That's even more exciting. Yeah, because I mean, what? Well, hillbilly don't love a good dirt race, you know. Right. So I know I do. Right. So, so you know, but I'll I'll say my personal opinion. I mean, it's a fun race to watch. We had a blast there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fun to watch on TV. 
but the uh, to me, just because there's no green flag pit stops, there's you know there's there's some stuff that's taken away from the race from your average normal NASCAR race that I like the asphalt not race better than I do the dirt race. I do too. I agree. You with know, that. but it's a, it's it's exciting to get ready for. It's exciting to pre-game it it's it's yeah. exciting to watch it yeah. but it just don't have the i don't know what the i don't they, know what they you each call have it. their own unique things about them you know now that they've moved the brisk the uh the dirt race to an evening race because the first one was during the daytime and it was just a dust bowl right um you can't really do that on dirt you can't run that during the middle of the day especially that long of a race um but they moved it to dirt, and it probably helped the track that it rained as much as it did last year. So it kind of kept the moisture in the track. But uh, I think they each have their own unique characteristics. Even though they're both at Bristol, they both have something about it that makes it an awesome must-see, must-attend event. Yeah, and one thing I noticed from being at the NRA night race but the year before that, and then last year we go to the dirt race was we seen more dirt race fans mm-hmm. last year, you know, and, and that's one thing that I, I really like about the Bristol dirt race is it seems like it don't just bring NASCAR fans in. It brings dirt racing fans in, you yeah. know, and just to see what it's about, you know, tickets ain't expensive, mm-hmm. you know, and the more people that get involved and the more people show up, the better. Right. So now something about this dirt race that I'm looking forward to seeing this year is the fact that Jonathan Davenport is going to be driving with the NASCAR boys in the uh, 13 number 13 college racing car. Um, now, if you don't know, if you're not familiar with dirt late model racing, Jonathan Davenport, his nickname is Superman. Um, We're about to find <clears throat> out. We are about to find out. I think he's going to do some really good things, um, but he is at a disadvantage. You know, obviously this is going to be his first time in a, a, a cup car racing against the cup boys, but uh, he's still one hell of a wheelman on dirt because, I mean, there's not a race, there's not a dirt race one that he hasn't won. Um, he's won... Eldora, the World 100, he's won the all, I mean, if you name it, he's won it. And there was a few years ago, he seems like he won almost every race all year. It's, it was like his breakout year. But And and to this day, he's unstoppable. You turn on any kind of, of uh, I see clips on YouTube all the time now, of Jonathan Davenport versus Kyle Larson in a dirt late model race at such and such speedway. And they're back and forth. So, I mean, it's it's awesome to watch. Um, so it should be interesting to see what Davenport can do with the Cup boys. And I've seen an interview with him, and, and somebody asked him what to expect. And he said, well, these cars go about five. On, on, at the Bristol track, the Cup cars will go about five seconds per lap slower than the, than the late models. Right. So he's going to have to – that's going to be an adjustment for him, you know, when you're used to taking them turns at a certain speed and – your reaction time differs. <clears throat> but that's one of the things I'm looking forward to at Bristol. And and another thing with this race is 
the, there's some thunder outside. There's a thunderstorm going on, so if you hear some of that, that's what it is. Got a nice little rain day. But uh, And another thing that I'm looking forward to at Bristol is no matter who you think is going to win this race or who you expect to run up front, that's not the case. <laughs> Never like is. Like we've seen the first the first year they had this a couple years ago, I was expecting Larson to run away with this thing. Larson, Bell, somebody like right, that. Right, Larson yeah. or Bell was going to run away with this because that's who I picked to win the first year. And he he ended up wrecking, not doing very good. I think he still had a decent finish, but he got taken out way early. And Logano, somebody who wasn't familiar with dirt at all, ends up winning this thing. And then last year, you know, Reddick, who is a dirt guy, he was winning, got taken out by Briscoe. Am I right? You don't know? You're still loading. Okay. <laughs> We're looking it up to see <laughs> to see who's right here. But, uh, and then he gets taken out by Bristol, and then Kyle Busch ends up winning it. Somebody who's who was very openly saying, we don't need to be running on dirt. You know, this is stupid. We got windshields in our car. We don't need to be running on dirt. And he ends up winning a race. So, two dirt races in, two non-dirt guys have won. So, what what you would expect on dirt, you can kind of throw that out the window yeah. with this race. Um, and, you know, I mean, even with that, you're going to have a dry track, you're going to have a wet track. You know, right? Weather plays we've into seen, that. We've seen two different tracks, two different years. Yeah, you know? and that's yeah, because like I said, the first year they ran it during the day. You know that heat, that sun is just beating down on that track. It dries that track out so fast. Just the sun dries that track out really fast. Much less having the cars on it as well. That just zaps the moisture right out of it. And like I said, if you're not familiar with dirt, you got to have that moisture in the in the dirt. It just to hold it in there so the the dirt. The dust doesn't kick up. Um, it affects the way the cars handle around that track. You know, you start getting a dry, the dry dirt turns black, and and they call it black slick, and it's just like driving on ice. You go to turn in there, you're going to slide right up until you get into the brown and not the black. Yep. You're going to slide right off that black. That track looked like glass last year. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and last year with the rain, they moved it to the evening to prevent those problems but then they had all these rains coming in of an evening which kept moisture in it and uh i think it, it that made it a real racy track but uh still we had and it was it was a great great race yeah, you know really um, entertaining but uh so year three what to expect i don't know we'll see you know anything that you might expect like i said you throw it out the window yeah we'll see i do know who i'm picking to win they're picking to have a good race. Hopefully he wins. But uh, who's your favorite? Not not fantasy, but who's your favorite? <clears throat> throwing fantasy out. Throwing fantasy out. I mean, it's hard one to to pick a favorite on. Right. I've know? got three that could easily be the favorite. Um, but I'd have to go Larson. Yeah. I'd almost have to. Between Larson, Bell, and Reddick, would be the three that I would say is. You know, if you told me they won, I would, would not be surprised at all. See, I was right there with you. I'm saying Larson and Briscoe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a lot of people forget Briscoe came up on dirt. I yeah. forget that from time to time. But Fantasy League picks, that's who I picked, Briscoe. So, um, you know, he, he was right there last year. A strong car last year. Very strong car, especially there late in the race, you know. Um so, 
I'm hoping he hasn't had the greatest of seasons this year so far. I'm hoping that uh, he can turn that around at Bristol, at least for this one race. You know, I so. took I took uh, Stenhouse. You know, Stenhouse. He's a he's an old dirt boy. You know, racing. He grew up in Alabama. Started his racing career there. He started out racing on dirt. So I was kind of just thinking outside the box a little bit. You know, wanting to go with somebody that. And he finished made, second. Two uh, years the first ago. year, yeah. the first year of this, yeah. Yeah. So I'm hoping he can pull one out for me. Maybe a lot of people forget that he had some dirt experience. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't think you're going to see too many Stenhouse picks. No, and the, normally I wouldn't pick him because he usually screws me pretty good. Yeah. You know. But. I had thought about taking Busher, um, but I didn't. I'm going to leave that for another time. Yeah. I think I know where I'm going to pick Busher at, but. Uh, <clears throat> As far as Bristol, that's that's what I'm waiting to see. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing this year. Um, it's a 7 p.m. start, Sunday night, Easter. Sun, Easter Sunday. Easter Sunday, 7 p.m., Bristol Dirt. Action-packed, I'm sure. You know, Bristol never disappoints with that. Um, you know, seeing, like I said, seeing Davenport, seeing what some of these dirt guys, see if they can actually come through and, uh, and win one of these things. I wonder if old Bloomquist ever do that. He he ran. <laughs> he had a stint. I'm surprised he doesn't do it now. That's what now I'm saying. Now they're on dirt. Yeah, I know he had a NASCAR. He had a Cup Series stint there for a little while. I don't know if it was one year, maybe half a year, but he had a he had a ride there for a little while. Yeah, he got in some trouble. That don't surprise me at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the trouble usually follows that guy. But uh, but let's move into the fantasy. If you have nothing else to add to about Bristol, what you're looking forward to? Or no, I mean, I'm, like I'm just looking forward to an exciting race. You know, I'm looking, I'm looking forward with Bristol is looking, looking forward to the unexpected. You know, see what happens. Um, you know, there's not going to be a lot of strategy since there's no green flag pits. You can right. throw that out the window. Um, I'll be interested to see who's gotten better at dirt. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, see who's put the work in. I, I so. wouldn't be surprised to see Logano win this thing again. I mean, he finished. I don't want him to win. I'm not because I'm not a Logano fan. I, this I, is one I of those races. Allow, I wouldn't allow that to be said in this room. Right. So. I understand. <laughs> 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 I'm uh, I'm definitely not a Logano fan, but um, I don't. I don't root against him as much as I used to. Yeah. But uh, he isn't a Ford. I mean, so that's he isn't a Ford, and that's kind of what's holding him back, I believe. You think I so? think yeah. I think if he got in a Chevy, you think he, that's why he's he could two probably top five finishes there. Yeah, I think if he was in a Chevy, he'd won both of them. <laughs> <laughs> but I was gonna say, I, I wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me if he was, you know, if he wins this because he won the first one. He finished third last year, so yeah. he's got an average finish of second. Right. That's pretty good. It's tough to count out. Um, yeah. But um, that's all I've got about Bristol. He's, he's a talented driver. And, I mean, I, I, I really don't care for the guy at all. But a lot of my a lot of my issue is, and I'm getting better about it, it a lot of it's my own fault. You know, it's not so much on Logano. I've just always kind of had that that blue collar good old boy feeling of your daddy bought your way in yes you know i have and, that feeling too 
but I mean, when you strip it all down and look at the facts, yeah, his dad gave him opportunities that maybe you and I didn't have because right. his dad, his he had a rich family. You know, he came from a very rich upbringing, mm-hmm. so he had opportunities that you and I wouldn't have had. Right, and so some of it, when I talk shit about Logano's, probably a little bit of jealousy. Yeah. You know, so. I mean, I'll, I'll take that hit myself, but the guy's a good driver. Very talented. I, but, yeah. but my growing up in this sport, you've just got so much more respect for the guys that earned their way, that struggled, that were working on their own cars, that couldn't make a race sometimes because they couldn't fix it in time. You know, not... You don't ever cheer for the guy that was, well, daddy, my car, my tie rods broke. I can't go to the race this week. Well, I'll just buy a new race car, bub. Don't worry about it. Yeah. You know, I mean, but that, that's not Joey's fault either. You know, it's, I think, I think any race <clears throat> fan that had those, that had those opportunities would take it. Well, yeah. You know, so part of the reason I, I, I don't cheer for Joe Logano is my own problem not so much Joe well what turned me sour on Logano was years ago um you know it was kind of his style he was one of the first guys that come into the sport and did not show that respect it was it was an unwritten thing that you know certain times this is how you're supposed to act you don't have to move over for anybody but you need to race them clean if you expect them to race you clean he was used to getting what he wanted. He was used to getting what he wanted. Kind of everybody kind of looked at him as, like you said, the spoiled kid, daddy's money. <clears throat> and the time he ran um, Stewart, Stewart down into the grass at California, and Stewart's wanting to punch him, and then punch him in the face, get a hold of him, and you got his dad right behind him wanting to fight Stewart. Well, what's dad got to do with this? Dad wasn't on the track and dad didn't have anything Stewart to do. Stewart would be both their asses. I guarantee it. Yeah. Stewart would be punching one of them with the right hand, punching the other one with the left. Build probably up. talking yeah, I mean, shit the whole time that, he's doing that, it. it. You know, let something like that happen down there in, in Tennessee. That, in Memphis territory. You yeah. know who'd be showing up? You know <laughs> Jerry Lawler. Be, yeah, absolutely. He'd be throwing, <laughs> he'd be throwing fire at Logano's dad. <laughs> We'd be straightening some stuff out right. right now. But that's what soured me on Logano was... Um, was the whole, anytime he was in an altercation, dad was right there with him. And I'm just, you know, at when you're at that level, you're responsible for your actions. So if you need to get punched in the eye, my God, you're going to get punched in the eye. Dad, That's not dad's punch to the eye. Dad shouldn't be fighting your fights for you. That And that's what's happening. Dad should me. stay out of it, too. Dad should stay out of it, yes. Um, and that's, but you don't see that anymore. Logano is, he's matured, he's grown up, you know, he's, uh, and he'll tell you, if I, if I messed up, he said, I'll mess up, but. Like I said, I just wanted to say that real quick. I know Logano ain't, like, he's still not my guy, obviously. Yeah, I don't think he'll ever be my guy. Part, I'll be man enough to say that it's part of my problem with Logano is my own fault. Yeah. You know, so, but. That's who I am. Did you find it there? Yep. Well, play it. Let's hear it. 
This is six to go. Reddick's in front of Briscoe. Hold it up there to the mic. Let's see if I can. This is a clip on YouTube. Can you turn it up? Maybe. Who is that in front? Reddick. No, that's as loud as this goes. Okay. It's an older phone. Okay. So you got Reddick coming up. He's leading the race. You got Reddick Briscoe chasing him down. I think I've seen us sitting there right there in the stands. Yep. Three laps to go. You got about Briscoe sitting about three, four car lengths back. Getting into lap traffic. Yep. He's, he's definitely making up some real estate. Two to go. Now he's down about two car cool. lengths back. Oh, he's right on his back bumper now. Getting the white See, flag. I think Briscoe gets out in front of him and Reddick shoots in on him. Oh, they're on a white flag lap right now. Okay. I think Briscoe ducks down underneath to make that pass in three and four. Our internet just give out. It looks like it <laughs> froze up last, right before, last turn. Right before we get to what we were looking for. Um, but, it, but yeah. I remember, I, I remember that. Because I had and, Briscoe last year. Yeah. Yeah, I remember you having Briscoe pick to win last year, and then he he kind of come out of nowhere in them last last X number of laps, and and had he been able to make that move clean, I think he might have won it, or it might have been a photo finish. Yeah, maybe I was just so heartbroken, I I didn't remember it the right way. And I remember you had you had Harvick, the, you had Harvick to win when uh, him and Chase Elliott got into it, and he was... Chase pulled had, it on the track and blocked him. Yeah, had Elliott not done that, I'm pretty sure Harvick would have won that race. Well, I'm not pretty still, sure I know Harvick would have won that I race. Mean, he just had to card it. I'll tell you what, and I've said it on this podcast probably every week that we've been on here. It's a sad situation for Chase Elliott, you know, having a broken leg and all. But I'm still so sour over that episode that where he came out and blocked Harvick that yeah. if he walked in here right now, I'd probably put him in a figure four leg lock. I guarantee it. Wouldn't even feel bad about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was really hoping that Harvick would dump him. I was hoping he, he was going to dump him. Yeah, but, but all right. But he showed him that respect that, you know. That's going away. That's going away. He, uh, he should have dumped him. You know, and... and and he should have dumped him, not just the respect aspect, but at that point, Chase Elliott was lapsed down. Chase Elliott was doing it for a teammate, not even himself. Well, he was doing it just to piss Harvick off because he felt like Harvick cut his tire down. So he said, you take me out of the race, I'm going to take you out of the race. Well, I mean, basically but what he I'll, block, I'll block, you know, if I'm in that position, I'm going to block about anybody at the end of a race mm -hmm. just to keep my position. Yeah. But when you do it for, and you're out, you're lapsed down. Yeah. And you're affecting the guy running second. That's right. That's not cool. I mean, right. you know, most tracks they have a flag for as that. As NASCAR says, you're affecting the outcome of a race. Exactly. Possibly a championship. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So uh, he just didn't admit to it. No, yeah, when you're I, the golden I, child, I mean. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was obvious. 
You know, we were sitting in the stands there, and I, I could tell what was going on 50 laps to go. So I'm, I don't see why NASCAR couldn't understand that. But uh, they have a flag just for that purpose. Most people don't know. I've That's heard a, of that. It's a blue flag with a white stripe going from corner to corner. And uh, you're supposed to get out of the way of a guy faster than you behind you. That's what that flag is for. Get out of his way so he can go. And uh, I don't know if that flag was used. I'm pretty sure nobody even really pays attention to that flag anymore. But, uh, but Chase didn't get out of his way. And if I was Harvick, I would have definitely dumped him just for that reason. Yeah, it turned then, into a pit thing. Yeah, and well, it would have turned into a pit thing afterwards anyway. Right. Um, it would have turned into more of a pit Harvick, thing. Harvick, like you said, with the Larson and Bubba thing, Harvick was a bigger man than me that day. Well, Harvick was probably doing that out of respect for his daddy. You know, more so than Chase. Maybe. Maybe. Um, but I think as soon as the helmets came off, I would have just dotted his eye. To do it again, you'll be losing the whole car. Yeah. You know, but. Uh, so that's what I got about Bristol. Um, let's get into these league things you want to. Sure. I've got something to say right off the bat. I know you know what I'm going to say. And I'm going to tell you, I'm surprised I'm not in trouble with HR this week. I thought for sure well, uh, when Christopher Bell took out William Byron, HR was going to be ringing my phone right then and there. Because it's obviously my fault. Well, I've got <laughs> I've got some cliff notes here for you, Chad. Okay. Um, let's see. Let me, let me get into this. Well, let me quick. hear you. HR give you a message? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. So... So the backstory to this, Scott, our HR guy, he's in our league. He had Byron. He picked Byron to win the race. And Byron had a Dominic He was the only one like that picked Byron. He was the only one to pick Byron. I had Bell. You had Bell. There was a few other people. A couple more people had Bell. Let's see. Chris, Joe T, Jerry, Chad, and Justin. I forgot to mark Justin on there. Had Bell. So we had five people that picked Bell. But I knew I was going to be the one that got in trouble. I knew it. Oh, well, no, he, it he got me, too. Okay. Yeah, he right. got me, well, too. Well, at least he's... But he, he doesn't tell discriminate. Me. He said, make sure you, next time you talk to Chad, let him know I'm going to put his ass in a camel clutch. <laughs> and after he taps out <laughs> and says, Scott, you're the man. Yeah. I'm going to do a double J strut on his ass as well. Okay. <laughs> and... <laughs> I can picture him saying this. Yeah, that, that's exactly what it said was mm. he's going to put your ass in a camel clutch, make you say, Scott, you're the man, and then get up and double J walk, <laughs> do the double J strut right out of there. Huh. So what do what you got to say to that? Well, I do know Scott dropped seven spots. That's what I got to say to that. I moved up one because I took Bill, and my guy didn't wreck. Yeah, I took Bill. So, uh. That's what I got to say about that. If you had a real wheel man, he would have kept it straight. You know? <clears throat> like my guy did. Like Kevin Harvick right behind him, he kept it straight. He got hit too. But uh, Scotty, you just picked the wrong guy. Wrong day. Wrong guy, wrong day. It happens. It's happened to me more than once. Yeah. It probably happened to me this weekend too. Oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm just waiting for it to happen to me. It happened to me numerous times last year, and I know it's coming. It's just a matter of when. If I can survive these next three races, I'll feel pretty good about it. I'll be interested to see who Hunter takes on the dirt. 
I mean, it don't Does really it matter. matter. No, it don't really matter. <laughs> it don't matter at all. <laughs> I mean, he could really... pick. He could pick B.J. McLeod, and B.J. McLeod will get his first career win or his top three. Right. You know, that's just They're... how Hunter rolls. Right. So because he picked, who do you have last week? Logano. Mm-hmm. Logano finished seventh. Yeah. This is that was not a Logano track. No, but it was a. It was a racer's track, so mm-hmm. I mean, I, I expected Logano to, to Logano to get a top ten. I was hoping he'd get thirty five just for the was, fantasy. Yeah, league. I was pushing for thirty six, thirty seven. Yeah. So, but uh, I'd have been a lot happier if Bill would have done that to Logano than Byron. But it was yeah. still pretty cool. Yeah. To be on this end of it for once, right? Um, seeing Hunter drop about seven, eight spots is what I'm really looking forward to seeing. Just because I haven't seen it before, you know, I've seen me drop ten spots in one race, like I did just a couple weeks ago. Um, Dakota, because I picked the dinger. Thanks a lot, AJ. Um, yeah, I mean, Hunter's just <clears throat> one one bad race from from you know dropping down fifth or sixth spot. Yeah, he's ten points up on second place. Um, oh, Chris Louie turd. Yeah. He's in second. He's been. It's his first year in it. He's, he's been not pretty impressive. He's been pretty impressive. Yeah. So we got a few first timers doing pretty good, then, huh? Well, okay. Hunter was in there last year, but yeah, I remember Hunter last year. He That's... he ain't hit bad luck yet. No. And, and I'm going to tell you right now, Hunter. Season when, and a half, he ain't hit bad luck yet. When you do hit bad luck, you really look at life a little bit differently, you know, for that little stretch that you're having bad luck. Because that was me all year long. Yeah. Uh, you need a support group. <laughs> you got Kentucky Tony in third. Yeah, Tony's he, doing pretty good. Yeah, he's not doing bad for a wildcat. Yeah, well, we all have our flaws. Right, nobody's perfect. <clears throat> no. I yeah. admitted mine a while ago, you know. I right. talked about my flaw about Logano, you yeah. know. Yeah. But Tony, I don't think he can really get into his. Not on public radio, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> right. Jess is still hanging in there. She's fourth. She yes, dropped she a spot. She didn't like that. She did not like that at all. Well, I mean, she thought the world doom and gloom. Well, I mean, she's taking what fifteen steps forward, one step back. That ain't bad. Yeah, that's what I said. You know, last week you you were in the top ten and you moved up four spots. I said that just don't happen all the time. So you're doing good. Yeah. If that's but, if that's her biggest uh, hill to climb. She'd be all right. Yeah, she'd be doing all right. She's got a little tight little bundle there around her. You got Tony in third, all the way from third place down to, well, fifth, but there's four people tied for fifth place. Yeah, you got Riggs, uh, Jeff, Joe, and Jerry. All four. You got the four J's. Mm-hmm. Josh, Jeff, Joe, Jeremy. Yep, and there's 70. You got a seven-point difference. Tony's in third with 70, and then you got the four fifth place they're tied with 77 so that's tight and i noticed <clears throat> josh and jeff picked the same person mm-hmm. they were tied last week picked the same person so they're still tied and then you got joe and jerry were tied last week picked the same person so they're still tied yep and joe and jerry picked bell so they moved up four spots apiece mofat's moving up yeah, he moved up a couple spots, and then you got Scott moved down seven, which I circled on the big board I here. I see that. I got circled that he fell seven spots. 
He's like he, a rock. Yeah, he fell like a rock. Um, we'll see what he does this week. I don't know who he's picked. He's he's told me he's got two people he's considering, but I don't know which one it is. Well, just, he's already he's already gave me his pick. Oh, did he? Which this don't get. This is Wednesday right now that we're recording this, and yeah. Chad don't post this podcast till. After 7 p.m. Thursday right. night. That so, way nobody hears anybody's so we pick. Can and I've already it. locked in my pick, so I'm not getting any inside information. We we keep this as fair as possible. We don't want yeah. nobody to think we're so, cheating. Scott is taking Reddick, number 45. I thought about taking Reddick. Oh, Red Dick. Oh, Red Dick. He, uh, he almost won it last year. Would have got his first career win, but... Uh, this wasn't his day. Maybe we'll have what happened last year. He took Reddick, I took Briscoe. Here we go again. I'm going to be in trouble with HR, just like always. <laughs> Nothing new to me. <clears throat> uh, we got Earl. Earl moved up one spot. He, I don't remember did who he, he took Did he pick or did his wife pick? I'm before? sure his wife picked. He moved up a spot, so his wife, Sonia, picked. Okay. So anytime Earl moves up, that's because she picked. Okay. If he moves down, that's because he didn't listen to her. And he needs to do that every week. He just needs to listen to Sonya because she's obviously the brains behind that operation. Um, I pulled up one spot, one point behind Jeremy. I'm going to pass him this week. So, yeah. Uh, but we got, who's that right there behind Scott? One point behind Scott. Yeah, that's, that's old, old hillbilly here. Yeah. Yeah, I'm right. I'm I'm. I'm drafting. I'm right yeah. on his tail. I'm about to dump him like Bill did Byron. I guarantee it. You so, should. I mean, you if should. he don't get out of the way, you know. And who'd you pick? You picked Stenhouse. I that's picked right. Stenhouse, yeah. You got Stenhouse. He's got Reddick. Stenhouse will dump him. Yeah, he will. He won't He he don't care. Yeah. Stenhouse don't give two shits. No, he don't. No. His car don't even have a brake. No. Or clutch. Don't need it. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, that, that'll be interesting to see for next week. Let's see if Justin can uh, leapfrog Scott. See if I can pass my big brother. That's right. <laughs> no, no. That way you're in trouble next week and not me. Right. I'm now, sure keep, I'll... Keeping it in the family down That's there. That's right. Uh, Mom, she, yeah. she sent me and you a message. She did. Earlier in the week. She did. What do you want to comment <laughs> on that? What do I want to comment on that? Yeah. I talked to her Saturday, so... Yeah, well... I done got um, my earful. She she got on to us because we did not um, mention... Uh, that we need to mention her in... If she she does really good. And I told her, I said, we will. We'll, <laughs> we'll definitely give you props as soon as you, you know... Pick up. You do something. But she, she's good. had a rough go so far. She has. And last year... Last year, she was kind of all over the place. She did really good, and then she had a little streak of bad luck, and then she, she straightened it out. So she's she was everywhere from the top to the bottom to the middle, back to the top. I, I've never seen nobody move around the board like she did last year. But. Well, Jace, Jason Hahn's been, he's been doing pretty good at, at moving around the board yeah. quite a bit this well, season. <laughs> yeah, this, this <laughs> he's hanging out right there with Lou. He's uh, staying with Mom there at the bottom. Yeah, right now. But right now, he he's him him and mom both are are they're those... one good race away from jumping up six seven spots. Right, and and they've been known to do it. Mm-hmm. And if anybody does, I don't I don't doubt that they would be the ones to do that. So 
Lou, if you're listening, you pick that winner. We're going to give you them props. Yeah. But you got to do that first. And, you know, uh, <laughs> another buddy of mine, Tyler, you know, he's just sitting in 20th right now. He's he He's always been that guy that the first half of the season, he's usually up there in the top five or six the first half of the season. And it's not uncommon to slip a little bit, you know. You, mm-hmm. you have things happen, you know. But uh, I tell you what, I mean, six races in, and I don't think he's been in the top half of the I don't no, think he he's was, been in the top ten yet. He was dead last a few weeks ago. Right. I mean, he's he's made some improvement, but he's you know there's been a lot of people that's just had a rough go this year. Tyler, mm-hmm. Jason, H, and Mom, Lou, are are three of them now. Paul, <laughs> Paul just yeah, Paul just Paul. You know. Right. I mean, he's a. <laughs> we talked about that last week. Right. I mean, he's a. <laughs> he was down at the bottom. He stays in there, season. you know, yeah. just because, I mean. And Tyler, out of 26 people, Tyler is now in 20th, and Paul is tied with him at 20th. Right. So, they're not at the bottom. I think Tyler is moving up. Uh, uh, Tyler's going to go in the up direction. Yeah. The difference between him and Paul is, is Paul's a UK fan and a Dallas oh, Cowboy fan. Oh, my god. So, I mean, he's got, I mean. He's got. Yeah, there's not much all, you, Yeah. It's I mean, all aligned against he's him. He's kind of destined to be at the bottom. Right. You know? Uh, he works, I don't I don't know if any any truck drivers out there listen or not, but he, he works at the truck stop down there around Bardstown. Uh, I've heard that. Yeah, Paul does. I've heard that. So, Tyler, who's an IU fan, he uh, he's, in, he's in the upward swing right now, so that's good. Paul? I know, I know. You just, you, if you're listening, you got, you got, you got all the thing, everything going against you, brother. But you can pull out of this. You can, you can do it. Yeah, you can do it, ball. Just believe in yourself. <laughs> Let's see who else. Who else we got here? Brian is below me. I moved up one spot. He moved down three. I don't remember who he picked last week. Brian's kind of all over the place with his picks. You know, I think he picked Blaney at Coda. I was like, I don't. But he did better than I did because He's I picked the Dinger. The box. He is thinking outside the box. Didn't do too bad. Um, gonna have him on the show at some point. He yeah. said he, he said he wants to. He said he wants to get in here and and record a show with us sometime. So it's just a matter of making that happen. But uh, what do you think about old Jeremy? He's he 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 likes to he likes to talk. He likes to talk, don't he? He, de- <laughs> he definitely likes to talk. He's a Ford guy, though. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a good thing. Well, it depends. I mean, if you if you're talking Ford versus what Toyota or Honda or something like that, yeah, I'll take the Ford. You take the verses right out of that but sentence. I take the, you know, I mean, if you're. You can't really brag about a Mustang, though. And and Jeremy has a Mustang. He was telling us about it, showing us pictures of it. It looks good. looks good for a Mustang. But I told him if he'd take that blue oval off the front and he added a, a bow tie, that would add 50 horsepower just right so there. So, I mean, what's the Mustang's competition, Camaro? Because you know they're... Anything with you, a bow tie you, on the you, front. You can put a Silverado. You know, a Silverado you, you know is going to beat a they Mustang. Announced, they announced 2024 was going to be the last year they're going to make Camaro. Yeah, I see so that. That's, that's, there's a reason for that. It's a sad day in America. 
No, there's a reason for it. I mean, if you if you invest your money for years and years and years into something and you don't get you don't get the desired result, you hang it up. Well, I think it's more of yeah. not really getting a, a desired <laughs> result. I think you're getting more of the uh, <clears throat> we've been at the top of the hill since we've since we've been born. You know, since what was the first year of a commercial. Carol Shelby. Carol Shelby changed all that. No. Carol Shelby ain't got nothing. Not on a, uh, not on a Chevrolet. I mean, he's don't get me wrong. He he can make a Mustang a little bit better, but it's still a Mustang. You know, you, you can put all the makeup you want on a pig. It's still a pig, right? I've tried that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that don't surprise me. I've learned to not ask questions sometimes. But let me ask you this. Okay. Have you ever seen a Camaro that would outrun a Ford Maverick? No. <laughs> no, never seen that. Okay. <laughs> that was Ford's big mistake right there. They let the Maverick go. Because um, the Maverick was supposed to replace a Mustang back in the day. Well, Scott, Scott could Scott could even vouch for us on that. Well, that's what I was going to ask you because he, a few I mean, weeks how many, ago, how many times was he sitting in that passenger seat and he couldn't even he couldn't even raise his head forward because right, his, his cheeks were peeled back because right. he was going so fast. Yeah. Oh, quite a few, let me tell you. But uh, he, I remember in the first what first or second episode at the very end, you said something about there's a story with a Ford Maverick at the lake. Yeah. And I didn't know nothing about this, and this is. 25 years later? Yep. What is that story? I don't remember who was there. I don't even remember if I was driving or Scott was driving. But you were at work. You needed some cigarettes. Mm-hmm. And we went to get you some cigarettes. Well, like Iola was just a short distance. Right. <laughs> out of the way. <laughs> They okay. got a pretty good sized little parking lot. Mm-hmm. Some nice curves around the lake. Yeah, yeah. They got a and boat I, ramp there too, which is what worries me. Well, it was, this was on the opposite end. I don't know why they have a boat ramp there, I but don't they either. do. <laughs> so you pull cars out. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but I don't. Like I said, I don't even remember if it was me or Scott driving. But it had been raining. And, which you, you remember how much horse the Maverick had. It was off the scale. Right. <clears throat> this I mean, was a 73 Ford Maverick. Right. I've seen cars that, when you stomp the gas, that'll just smoke the tires. But yeah. in this Maverick. It would melt them. Well, in the Maverick, all you had to do was let off the brake. Yeah. And it would smoke them. You didn't have yeah. to touch gas. You just let off the brake and it started Factory inline six. Right. Yeah. It just started wide smoking them. Mm-hmm. So... We was up there on that northeast corner of the lake. Ground was wet and everything like that. So, oh, you can lose control real quick in a oh car yeah. like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think there was a cop cruising around the lake, too, so at it. some point. you know, They knew every time the Maverick was on the road. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think they had a tracking device on that thing, but they couldn't ever that. catch it. No, couldn't do it. So, so needless to say, turn the wheel left, let off the brake, and... Started eating some shit. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Well, there's a pretty good bank there. It goes down into the water where that car, that Maverick, was staring right down at the water. Okay. So, fortunately. <clears throat> and you don't remember who was driving? I don't. 
Because one, ma- one makes me a little more nervous than the other. It was it was me or Scott. Well, that, and, that's what I'm saying. If it's Scott was driving, that makes me a little nervous. Right. Well, and I, like I said, I my mind's been through a lot right. in the last 25 years. <laughs> <laughs> and I understand. I remember the night clear as day. Mm-hmm. But I remember... I remember you needed cigarettes. We took to Maverick to get some. We ran up by Lake Iola. There was a cop sniffing around up there, just having some fun. Pavement was wet. Let off the brake and shit happened. It happens. That's, right. Yeah. So, I mean, fortunately, it didn't go into water. That's good. So, that's, that's a good, good. thing. You know? Yeah. Um, that would have been hard to explain. That would have. <laughs> but, but, uh,. You know, Scott, he had Oldsmobile Omega. Yes. You know. That you, was a good car. Right. You had the Maverick. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was a lot of back and forth, mm-hmm. you know, running those heavy metals. Yeah. I, you know, I mean, my first vehicle, I used mom and dad's minivan for a little bit. Wood grain that. on the side. Oh, yeah. Uh, I remember we were drag. well, should I say that if <laughs> yeah, mom's listening? Mom knows. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I remember we were dragging an old, che- drag racing an old Chevelle one night. They were talking shit. Yep. And they didn't believe us when we said this minivan will beat the brakes off that Chevelle. Yeah. And it did. When when mom got in that van one day. We put our helmets on. Right. Mom got in the van one first. day and the, the front <laughs> the two front seats of that van was bucket seats. And when mom got in that van one day she seen that racing helmet sit between the two front seats. <laughs> Justin <laughs> What have you been doing? I can hear it now. <laughs> Safety first, Mom. You made me wear my seatbelt. Well, right. well, I mean, why shouldn't I wear a helmet? The belts know? were tight, so was the helmets. Right. I mean, <laughs> well, but, you know, I mean, in all honesty, when you pull up next to somebody in a minivan and they, and they, they, they start barking at you like they want to race, and you put a you put a fucking heart helmet on, yeah, they, they, they shit a little bit. Yeah, they take it serious then. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that if I remember right, now, just like you, I've been through a lot in my day. If I remember that night right... They pulled up next to us, and they said, hey, you want to run them? Well, it's me and you in the car. We're not backing down. Right. So we said, yeah, let's do it. So we went out, found the road. It's an old uh, back, back road. Didn't have any lights on it. It had one down there. That's where we raced to. That was the finish line. And uh, <clears throat> the passenger of the Chevelle is the one that said, I'll say three, and on three we go. And I'm pretty sure they took off when they got to two and a half. Right. They they jumped the start, and the wood grain Chrysler minivan beat the car. Yep, seventy eight Chevelle. Yeah, nice one. Yeah, and he said that ain't fair. You jumped. Let's do it again. So we said okay, let's do it again. And I don't remember who was going to give the go on the second race, but the second race I don't believe ever happened because no, when didn't. we went back to the starting line, we stopped to turn around to line them up again, and they kept driving. Yep. He didn't want that second race. He, he asked for it, but he didn't want it. He got embarrassed in the first race. Right. And I'll tell you what, and a lot of people don't know this, but yeah, that, that Chrysler minivan had wood grain down both sides of it. Mm-hmm. Whenever, whenever... We, and I'm not gonna like say I'm, yesterday. I'm not gonna say the guy's name right. on air, right? But he was well, embarrassed that night. Yeah, he sure was. Still be but you know, he had splinters in his grill. That I don't doubt that. That wood grain, that, was, that, was that fan flying. was so fast. Yeah, splinters were coming off that wood grain. Yeah, and stuck in his grill. Mm-hmm. Probably so, still there today. Yeah. 
embedded so deep you ain't getting them out. Yeah, he ain't getting them out. But I mean that that minivan, I can maneuver that sucker. Yeah. I mean, you remember right there in front of the hospital that time? Uh, there, that was back before they made the lane changes and everything up there, and we left mom and dad's house, and mm -hmm. I had my helmet on, mm -hmm. and we was coming towards town, and traffic was stopped right there, and I passed all them people on the right. Yeah. You know, but mm -hmm. sometimes you just got to do that, you know what I'm saying? You, it was a necessary move. Right. Yeah. My spotter wasn't in my ear. Right. I just had to go with what I had. It. Yeah, exactly. So, I wasn't slowing down. No. <clears throat> Belts were tight, helmets on. Exactly. You got to get to the front, right? Yep. That's what happened. <laughs> well, I can't believe our HR never did tell me about that Maverick story. Yeah, he, I'm sure never he remembers did. it. I'll have to ask him. Uh, he he might remember some details to it that I don't. As a matter of fact. I'm sure he probably will. Right. But, right. yeah, that's... HR Scotty has more details memorized than anybody I've ever seen. Yep. <laughs> He'd probably tell me what I was wearing that night. I'm sure he probably could. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm sure that we've got a lot more stories like that that we can tell. Yep. We're going to save some of them for the off season when we don't have a whole lot to talk about as far as NASCAR goes. But we're going to be deep diving into some big stories. Yep. <laughs> and I can tell you, you're not going to believe half the stuff that you're hearing but i will promise you that every one of them is true yeah yeah absolutely. word for word it is true but uh last words on the standings here hunter we're coming for you did you say who he picked or has he picked yet he i believe he has let me see it doesn't matter who he picks i hope they get wrecked unless he picked briscoe well donovan Don't. just turned his pick in uh-oh Kind of thinking outside the box, too. Hmm. Little D is outside the box. That don't surprise me. Yeah, he sure is. <laughs> I don't think Little it. D's ever been in the box, has he? Nope. He, Hunter has not turned in his pick yet. Well, whoever you pick, Hunter, I respectfully hope they hit the wall, unless you pick Briscoe. Well, I mean, even if he does take Briscoe, I'll take him at the wall. I'm sure you will. <laughs> <laughs> you're both in front of me. Yeah, I know it. No? No, you're behind me. No, I'm behind you. you. Okay. <clears throat> you got to worry about Scotty. Yeah. Well, you got to worry about Sam and, and Little D there, too. Yeah. You don't want Little D behind you. No. You got to watch. You know how them Kentucky boys are. I know. They get behind you. Mm-hmm. So, start thinking weird shit. Yeah, uh, every time. But Donovan took number 31 on the dirt. Justin Haley. Really? Yeah. What do you think about that? I don't think... Uh, I think Donovan's probably going to 27. Donovan's going to fall down this week. <laughs> I really do. And I, I, I root for Haley. You know, he's one of the little guys in the sport that is coming up, and he's putting in his time. He's putting in the laps. And he's in a Chevy, so I know you he's like him. He's in a Chevy, so, you know, and he's he's one of my favorites, but I just don't think he's going to do a whole lot this week. No, I think uh, unless Hunter picks Haley, Donovan's going to fall to 27th. <laughs> I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. But he's, you know if Hunter picks Haley. Haley's going to finish top five. To yeah, might as well. No point, no point even running the race. Mm -hmm. 
So we shall see. We'll get through this Bristol Bristol race. Um, we'll come back next week. We'll talk about what happened. Hopefully we can talk about Hunter dropping about four or five spots. Um, and we'll talk about Martinsville coming up. That's always a good one. Looking forward to Martinsville. You know, that's that's another Joe Gibbs track, seems to be. Um, so, and another thing I was going to tell you real quick. You check your thing. I'm going to tell on her. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go ahead and rat her out. Jess, last week picked Martin Truex, but you didn't highlight it on her her picks that she's she's burned him up. Really? Yeah. Okay. She's I'll... used him twice, so you got to mark that so she can't keep using him because she loves the Truex Junior. Yeah, but he's a junior. Right. You know, you know what they say about the juniors. Yep. But uh, but I just wanted to throw that out there real yeah, quick while I was thinking about it. That. So yeah. anybody, if anybody's listening that, listen, that is involved in our NASCAR league, it's hard to keep up with everything as far as, you know, I might get a score wrong occasionally or yeah. miss, miss high, not highlight a car number when yeah, I should. But uh, let me know. You know, just like Chad is. Let me know so I can correct that. Well, I'm throwing my wife under the bus right now. You oh, know, I know. I don't are. want. I don't want her using Truex at Martinsville. I'll blame you. Because uh, he he can do okay there. He's it's one of his tracks. But it's, if him and his crew chief ain't getting along, that's right. We could have trouble another. if there's trouble at home. It might affect his driving. It, it definitely will. And he's in a Toyota, so yeah, you know, he's always behind the eight ball there. But, uh, yeah, we'll look ahead to Martinsville, and we will, let me look real quick. Before we sign off here real quick, I know we've been on for a little while, but I'm going to check just to see if these suspension, this appeal board has said anything. Oh, yep, it upholds colleague penalties, amends the point deduction. So he's going to be without his crew chief. So it says, the decision upheld the fine for colleague racing just for the 31 car of Justin Haley. Uh, the decision upheld the fine of $100,000 issued to the number 31 NASCAR Cup Series team of driver Justin Haley and the loss of 10 owner and driver playoff points as well as the four race suspension levied to the crew chief, Trent Owens. However, the team was restored 25 driver and owner points for the regular season bringing the total penalty to 75 points in each category rather than the initial 100. So they gave him back 25 points instead of the full 100. What do you think about that? Well, I trust them to do the right thing. That's what they I get think paid to do. To me, to be honest with you, I think it's bullshit. Yeah. I'm going to call bullshit right now. They did the same exact thing that Hendrick did. Yep. Yeah, that's what I they said. They got the you same exact them. fine as Hendrick got. You trust them to do the right thing, and that's all you can do. Because they appealed it, they got something back. But whereas they only Hendrick, got 25 points back, whereas Hendrick got the full 100. Right. And that's where we need the transparency. Why is this different? Right, and that's what I'm saying. To me, I feel like it's because they appealed it. They didn't just go with the flow. You know what I'm saying? Right. Hendrick just went with it. Yeah, we'll take it, whatever. We'll take it on the chin. We'll make it up down the road. But Hendricks obviously got more money and attributes. Better lawyers. Right. I just, well, we were just talking. Who'd you say just took the uh, 31 car, Jeremy? Donovan. Donovan. Well, 
like we said earlier, he hasn't started serving his penalties yet as far as the crew chief of that car. But now He'll have he's going to gonna now. be out at Bristol. So yeah. that may have something to do with this. Um, <clears throat> but no, that that was the whole point in our discussion on that. Uh, that the, uh, what we call it, the, uh, the board. The uh, appeals panel? Yeah. Well, not the appeals panel, but the... Um, the backup NASCAR board. Uh, the backup board. I don't know what you mean. Well, you got you got NASCAR that it, and initially levies the penalty, and then they want to appeal. The teams want to appeal, so they go to appeal panel. Right, but the uh, does well. I guess what I'm getting at is. That panel still has a say, even if they don't appeal in it, if, even if they're not appealing it, is what I'm getting at. You've got the. Well, <clears throat> I don't. I don't think they do. I think the the team has to appeal and make their case for an appeal, and then the appeal panel comes into play. So if Colleg just said, "Never mind, we'll serve the suspension, and we'll, you know, your penalty is final. We're not going to appeal it." then they just get what NASCAR hands down. The appeal panel will not come in and say, I think that was a little bit strict. I think that was um, a little much. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, Is I know what you're saying. I was, thinking, I, I was thinking back to there wasn't just a NASCAR board. You have the, shit, we've said it, 15 dimes. Uh, you have the, the other panel that says we agree with this or we don't before it even gets appealed mm-hmm. uh, is where I was going with that. Uh, before NASCAR can even say this is what's happening, NASCAR can give, they can hand out their ruling, but the other panel is going to say, no, no, hang on now. We did it different here than we did it here. What was the other panel we was talking about? You think I can remember that? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't remember. Um, you've you got the NASCAR, <clears throat> and then you have the appeals panel. I just, Maybe I just, I'm thinking something different. You could be. I'm not. I'm not sure what you're thinking, but uh, apparently they can appeal this appeals board decision because it says, barring a final appeal, Owens, which is the crew chief for Haley, will begin serving his suspension this weekend at Bristol Motor Speedway. And I'm getting this from NASCAR.com. Um, and will be eligible to return for the race on May 7th at Kansas. And it gives the names of who was on the appeals panel. Um, But I just... I just think that's bullshit. In my mind. Yeah. I mean... It's... It's not really... It's not really crap on NASCAR's part, because they levied the same penalties for the same reasons yep. 
everybody got the same. No matter so, how big or small the team was, right. everybody got the same Exactly. Thing. So as far as NASCAR goes, um, they're, not, right. they're not in the wrong, to me, my opinion. They are doing what they said they would do. It's the appeals panel it seems to be all over the place. Now, if it was one of these situations to where Haley's team borrowed a louver from the Hendricks team, Mm-hmm. And didn't know that they had illegal louvers in the truck. You know what I'm saying? It right. could, could, you know what I'm saying? I mean, they knew Hendricks had illegal hoovers in the truck. They were supposed to be to hand it over. Mm-hmm. So, was it a situation where Hendrick and Colleague both went to the pills board and said, "Look, he needed a, a louver. We gave him one. We didn't disclose that they might be bad." Yeah. So maybe that's what, I mean, maybe when more details come out, we'll know. Yeah, we definitely need more details on this. On understanding why there's a difference in the two punishments. But when we get that, that's that's probably going to be one of the main questions is why. Why are they different? And it it could be just like if you go to court, it's all in the case that you present. And that, that could be what it boils down to. Hendrick maybe made a better case than what colleague is making um so i don't know i don't know that's that's the breaking news yeah because um, that wasn't out there when we started recording this and now it is um i'm gonna go back and see if they have done anything with hamlin's um, penalty and i don't see anything on here so maybe that'll come out tomorrow on thursday so be watching for that i'm sure that they They'll I, stick to that. Yeah, I really believe that they're going to uphold. You know, the $50,000 ain't going to bother them. You know, especially when, uh, you know, the same weekend he got dinged $50,000 fine penalty for that. Or, mm-hmm. you know, a few days before he got penalized, he, when Josh Bar- or Josh uh, Williams parked his car on the start finish line, yeah, Denny Hamill was the first one that spoke up, said, "I'll pay your fine." I'll pay it. You. I'm getting a couple of texts from Earl right now. <laughs> he sent me at uh, Josh Williams T-shirt says "Park it." I'm gonna have to get one of those. And then he sent me a thing that's showing these uh, penalties. And then he made the comment that uh, here comes the conspiracy people. <clears throat> about Hendrick being the the golden team of NASCAR. Right. And with these suspensions, it's looking so. They're kind of showing it. It's kind of looking so. Maybe this is a... Maybe it's... I don't know. I'm not going to get into that right now. Maybe that'll come for next week. Once yeah. we once we get some more information, then we'll, we'll talk about that. But uh, until then, that's all I've got. You got anything else to add uh, to this? I don't. Um, no, I like appreciate... Appreciate everybody listening and riding the wall with us one more time. Yeah, that's right. Keep listening every week. We're going to do it. Um, like we said earlier, we have a website now, ridingthewall.com, um, where you can catch past episodes. You can um, fantasy check out standings. our fantasy standings. They should be up to date soon after the NASCAR race. We're still kind of playing with that, kind of getting that lined out. but uh, And... I'm hoping to have like a discussion board so people can chime in, talk to us, and we can 
Yeah. We can interact with people. Maybe get some more people in our fantasy league for next year. Yeah, we'd love yeah. to have that. That'd be pretty awesome. You know? Yeah. Um, so, so check that out. Uh, stop in, give some traffic to that website. Keep listening. Uh, we thank you very much, everybody who is listening and following along. Um, and we'll be here every week. And um, that's all I've got. Yep. So let's squeal the tires and hit them right in the face. That's right. We'll see you next week.